Welcome to episode 92 of the Steady On podcast, Send Out Your Light, with me, Angie Bauman, and my guest today, singer, songwriter, and author, Sandra McCracken. I talked to Sandra about something I'm all too familiar with, and maybe you are too, the desire for God's light and truth to be present in my situations and seasons of darkness. Most of us don't long for times of darkness, but every one of us will face them. And when we do encounter times of suffering, confusion, or grief, we can call out like the psalmist does in the verse that is the theme of Sandra's new book and the one I chose for this episode, Psalm 43.3, which says, Oh, send out your light and truth. Let them lead me. Let them lead me. Them. Not my current circumstance, but the light and truth that comes from God alone. Sandra reminds us through her music and her writing that God's light and truth are always present. Even when we're struggling to see it and believe it, God is sending his light and truth to us to guide us and show us our next steps. Sandra is a soft-spoken, gentle spirit that uses her voice to powerfully point us to the light and truth we have as children of God. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community. We are so glad you are here for this Steady On podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and my guest today is Sandra McCracken. Sandra, welcome. Hey, so good to be with you, Angie. We are delighted to have you. Sandra has a new project out. She is a singer-songwriter, performer, music producer, and author. She has written songs for Ellie Holcomb, and I have read that you've had a song on Grey's Anatomy, so that's pretty, that's that's wide ends of the spectrum <laughs> there. You have a lot. <laughs> yes, those things are about true. It's, yeah. um, Nashville's a great community, and sometimes surprising things, things happen in that creative space. And you're a featured writer for She Reads Truth and Christianity Today. And your new book is called Send Out Your Light, which is based around Psalm 43. And you describe Psalm 43 as a prayer for rescue. Um, and in it, the psalmist asks God to send out your light and um, speaking to God. And so I just wonder, what, is, what does that verse mean to you? And how are you hoping to inspire and encourage readers as you point them specifically to that verse, that message? Um, yeah, thank you for asking. The The book took a little while in the making, you know, just um, thinking about as a songwriter, I'm used to writing in three minute song versions, you know, yes. <laughs> and one kind of um, set of parameters and then working on something more long form. I spent a lot of time with this psalm and I would, I would say, that the psalm really has followed me around and what i love about psalm 43 is that it's a good example of a song that keeps calling you back to it moves from a, from the first part of the psalm which is complaint and then the second part of the psalm is worship and so right in the middle is this verse send out your light and your truth and let them lead me and i think that's what really keeps um keeps coming up like a refrain for me and just this focus on um on his giving us a new vision that he's always up to something new. What what do you think the light that that the psalmist is asking for? What is that what does that mean to mm -hmm. him, you think? Um or to you, I, yeah. It's a good that's a 
good question. No one's ever asked that. That I think if you try to define light, looking at what Scripture says about light, I think we see first that it's the very glory of God, the nature of God. So when we experience the light of God, we, we're not only, it's not just like a flashlight going forward, but it's also just His radiance on us. And it's, um, we are, you know, as it says in different places in Scripture, like we're made in His image. So as we receive His light, then we become radiant with His glory. And then our lives are really different than if we're in shadow or not, you know, um, responding to that glory in the same way. So I think that's what it means is like to come alive to His glory as He um, as He shines His light and, you know, His face, His countenance, His love for us. As you're talking, I'm thinking of, I think it's Isaiah 61, 1, if you know better, correct me, where it says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And I, I think about that as you're talking about this, because there's a there's an action in that for me, mm -hmm. right? Arise, receive, if you will, and then mm -hmm. reflect and shine. And I feel like that's what you're saying a little bit here too, right? Um, as you, mm -hmm. As we receive his light, then we can be a reflection of that light as well. Yeah, that's a great reference. That Isaiah 61 keeps coming up, and I think you're... You're right, and I think it echoes throughout Scripture in different places and in different ways. Um, but it's that question would be a helpful one to ask, even in challenging times. Like, what does it mean to experience the light of God? You know, like it, like the old hymn, "Be Thou My Vision," would would just continue to call us to ask God to give us vision. I think the Psalm does that as well. And so, in that place, um, I think that's a good practice to to take on. Absolutely. And the verse also talks about God sending out his truth. And I'm wondering, what, what does that mean for you? What What is God's truth in your life right now? Hmm. We're bombarded with messages all the time through advertising and just, you know, modern life and our own inner thoughts. We're bombarded with things that are just not true. And so when I hear that in Psalm 43, send out your truth, if we just took that piece of it and and spent some time thinking about it, it, it feels like a relief to be told, hey, he's going to tell you the truth. He's going to like his voice is going to differentiate from all the other voices that would tell you all kinds of other things like you need to buy this or you need to achieve this or you need to grasp for power. Those are the all the other voices would would compete. Um, but I think his truth cuts straight through the middle and continues to um, present reality for what it is. So I think it's something about God's truth really aligns with reality. And when we worship, when we engage with him, when we receive his glory, we're be being more aligned with that truth. How do you separate that? I'm just curious, because I think you're so right. There are so many voices. There are so many messages. I think about the ways that our culture enc encourages us to compare. I would think in the business that you're in, in the city that you live in, uh, there are a lot of things encouraging you to get ahead, mm. to make a name for yourself, to, mm. and how, how do you continue to hear God's truth above and add anything else that I didn't think of, you know, that, that might be mm -hmm. messages to, to you and others, you know, in your circle that, that just, that simply aren't there aren't aligned with the truth that is God. Mm. Well, it, there are, I mean, there are spiritual practices that people, followers of Jesus have been doing for a long time, as long as 
as long as there has been, <laughs> you know, faith yes. formation. There are these practices that are sort of built in that have been called like the means of grace. And the means of grace would be um, ways that we submit ourselves to the truth. So confession and the sacraments and community with one another. All of these things are practices that help us to come into alignment. And for me personally, I think, um, I think it's it's um, sometimes it's get it's as simple as just getting up early before everyone else in the house and trying to ask some of those questions, meditate on a few passages of scripture, and just hear um, hear the Lord's voice and and kind of hear that before my feet hit the floor or just before I'm running off to do all the emails and all the laundry and whatever else. So I I think it's um, and then it's also other practices that are means of grace like Sabbath like the, as we. Um, are part of a community and we realize we need to rest that um, can help too so all these different ways that are sort of built into the Christian life um, historically can be ways that we uh, unlock or activate that um, that hope that we have is is songwriting a means of grace for you it is for sure probably even before I started songwriting it was journaling and just the practice of writing something down was really helpful for me to get outside of my own head and <laughs> put something on the page so um songwriting is another one if I'm not a visual artist but to, um but even trying any other kind of like art expression is really uh can be um helpful taking a walk outside getting up for the sunrise or staying up for the sunset and just being intentional about connecting with the ways that God tries to get our attention. Um, those are all really helpful things. I think that's so important because I think often our prayer also is send out your light, send out your truth. And maybe what we say instead of that specifically is, you know, just show me, help me understand, mm -hmm. show me yourself. You know, I think that's what we're asking for. I can't mm -hmm. see you right now. I don't hear you right now. And I think it's really important that you mention some of those things, what you call means of grace. I agree with that description so much because how is it that we are creating space for him to show us, for him yeah. to send out his light? Like I think so often in my times of struggle when I don't see or feel him, it's really about, okay, how do I need to adjust either my thinking my expectations, my busyness, my space, because he is wanting to talk to us. I, I believe mm -hmm. that he always wants to talk to us. He always wants to comfort us. He always wants to show us and he is trying, but there are times I think when we simply cannot receive that. And partly because maybe he's showing us something that that's not what we were hoping he would show us. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're so easily distracted by yes. whatever's right in front of us. So sometimes we miss the things that he's doing right in the you know in a 24-hour period there are just things that if we begin to uh, tune our ear to hear that you know I think um we can start to become more aware of the ways that he's at, at hand doing that yes yes and recognize him in small things all the time mm -hmm. I think so one of the other things you write about is the dark night of the soul would you talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that what what is the dark night of the soul um, well, it's really a borrowed phrase. I know the Puritans and, and hymn writers and lots of folks have used that phrase, but it's, uh, it is inevitable. So if you haven't, <laughs> you kind of walked through that. But I think that I say that um, with uh, just hopefully with like a statement of comfort that we are all experiencing um, these times where 
where life circumstances do not align with our expectations. And right somewhere in that intersection, we have to sort of deal with, well, what do I believe? What does all this mean? Is God with me even when this is not what I planned or this is not what I hoped for? And that can either lead to um, bitterness and questioning and just sort of being in the pit as I as I've thought of it before. And like I, uh, in Psalm 40, it talks about like, I, I was in the pit, you lifted me up out of the pit. And I think um, that I really that that is a description of that dark night, whatever that looks like. And, and then we can honestly in that we realize we're not alone in it. We're not the first to walk through that. But we do have these promises to hang on to. And we do have um, like a loving father that that is tending to us and even sometimes you know um right there in the middle of it saying this is for your good and my glory and it doesn't feel like it right now but you have but there's an opportunity to trust him and and um build on those experiences so what are some of those promises that are important to you when you're experiencing these times of the dark night of the soul? You said to hang on to the promises. Are mm-hmm. there some that are particularly important to you that you return to? I return to Psalm 42 a lot. I love that Psalm. And I love how it has um, like a call and response, like an old spiritual. It kind of says like, it'll say a complaint and then it'll say, why are you downcast on oh, my soul? And it's like this back and forth. And I love that about the psalm, and I've gone to it many times. Um, it's like it knows better, but it's still there. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It really is. So, and I think it was probably originally connected. I've read that it was connected to Psalm 43 because they ha- they share a refrain. Um, and so maybe at some point that was like one connected psalm. But there are so many psalms that I love, and a lot of passages in Isaiah. Also, the vision that's written out in. Um, Revelation 21 and 22, it, it is a little bit hard for us to, if it seems a little bit dreamlike to imagine this scene of the New Jerusalem, but that is tremendously helpful when you engage um, your mind and your heart to think about what is coming and that there is a place for us and that there is a city where God himself is the light and, and Jesus is at the center and there's no more um, sorrow or loss or sickness. And I think when we when we look toward that in the middle of the feeling of being in the pit, I think we have, I think that is part of what like kind of helps us to ascend to, um, to be with Christ in that, you know, knowing that that day is coming. Yeah. It's the unshakable hope that is ours, right? As believers. Right. Right. Hey friend, I'm cutting in right here to ask you a question. What message does your heart long to hear? I wouldn't have been able to answer that question before I became a student of the Enneagram, but now I understand as an Enneagram type one, that what I most want to be able to believe about myself is that I'm good. And by studying and applying the promises of God, I can know that I am good because I'm his creation and God looks upon his creation and calls it good. Genesis 1. A fabulous group of ministry friends of different Enneagram numbers from the Red House Writers Collective have joined me for the Steady On Ennea Longings podcast miniseries. The miniseries includes episodes on strengths, stresses, and core longings of each Enneagram number, along with biblical truth that speaks to the messages our hearts long to hear. The miniseries also features bonus episodes on typing and mistyping and addressing concerns some Christians have about using the Enneagram. Many of the guests have even included their own ministry freebies in the downloadable PDF workbook. You can grab all of these goodies 
filled with powerhouse voices by clicking the link in today's show notes. Thank you for listening. Now, back to our show. You talked about uh, a couple of times, you've talked about how the Psalms go back and forth between complaint and worship. And sometimes they start with one lead to another, but sometimes there's back and forth. What do you think helps us move from one to another? Because I think one of the things the Psalms does for me is it gives me permission. They give me permission to be in that sort of complainy, honest, Mm -hmm. uh, vulnerable, and yet like un satisfied almost or fearful or mm-hmm. uh dry even um i don't see you i don't hear you why so downcast oh my soul you know it gives us permission for that but then how do we not get how do you not get stuck there but be able to move from that complaint state to the worship state hmm. um sometimes i just have to wait it out a little bit and i have mm. to kind of i think that's very honest thank you yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do you ever get feel like you're kind of stuck and you're yeah. just like oh I don't. I don't know how to not feel that. But so I can, I can pray these words. I can take a walk. I can try to, um, honestly, like the simplest things, like eat, you know, eat a good meal and try to, you know, just try to say like, hey, this is not the whole story. This is how I feel right now. This is not the whole story. And um, and then I think there's there's some comfort in the realizing that in any 24-hour period we're going to be a lot like we're going to be all four seasons and things might happen and they disrupt our um our plans or whatever we were going to do or whatever we hoped would happen and so within that 24-hour rhythm we realize that like we could be a lot we could feel a lot of different things but the truth is steady and God's presence is steady and so when we feel low I think we can take some comfort in that and trust that okay it's it's gonna like even two hours from now or 10 minutes from now it's gonna be better than it's right this second yes yes I think that's so true when I have feelings of anxiety or darkness Mm. more anxiety I think if I'm honest with myself and I ask like what is this part of it is is I'm looking too far down the road right Mm. I mean that's just where I'm not I'm either not, um, I'm not comfortable in my present circumstance. I told you yesterday, my husband checked in on me late day. How's your day going? And I said, I think it's kind of swampy. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, well, it's a little bit dark. It's kind of a little bit like hard to <laughs> move through, but there's also kind of beauty around if I care to notice, you know yeah, what I mean? Like it's, it's like a little lush. scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to kind of live in both places today, you know? So and he was, mm. he was making fun of me. He's like, you should be a writer. I'm like, maybe, but, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I, I'm learning to like yeah. pause and say, sometimes I do, I think it is, I'm like in mm-hmm. a swampy place where it's like, it's like mucky. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like a little bit hard to move through. And yet mm-hmm. there are beautiful things to notice and it's a, a, maybe an unusual place or a foreign place. And mm-hmm. yet I do feel like I'm making a little progress and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one that tends to be maybe a little bit more black and white. Okay. Who am I getting a lot more black and white where I want it to, if it's not all good, it's not good at all, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking a lot about that and how God is really inviting me. I think he invites all of us to say, you know, yeah, in this 24 hour period, I love that comment. You're going to mm-hmm. feel a variety of things and mm-hmm. I am in them all. Mm-hmm. Man, I was just talking with a friend a week or so ago, Steve Garber was talking about how much we rely on metaphor, you know, like you're just say, like you use this image of the swamp. And then you think about those moments when you're, um, and, and it sounds like you've done a lot of work with people re- recovering and healing and trauma. And I mean, sometimes in those moments when people are processing that, those metaphors are so helpful to just say like, oh, 
I'm in a swamp. So I just named it. And I yes. can almost like chuckle at the, yes. <laughs> at the vividness of that image. But yes. those things can be, if we can do that with one another, I think that also kind of helps you to realize um, it's it's not permanent. This yes. is not our, our permanent condition. Yes. And I think in, to give grace to ourselves and to each other, because it is, as you write, the dark night of the soul. Uh, but it is, as you just said, not the forever place that we are because God shines his light in the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 There's a little Jesus Storybook Bible. Sally Lloyd-Jones has this little part, right, when it's like Jesus is born there's um in the story of him coming to be born in bethlehem and there's this little line that basically said the stars are so much brighter when the sky is dark you know there's just this sense that there is illumination even in the darkness there is illumination that you will see when you look back that at the time you don't really even recognize i love that i love that so much i I, did you experience as you were working on this project a time where it got swampy, if you will, like where you were trudging through <laughs> or it was dark a little bit. Can huh. you, what'd you, what did you learn? I would, I would, I would bet with most projects, there's a place where you ask the question, what am I doing and what is this for? Mm-hmm. Um, did you experience that at all with this? I did. And I mean, some of it was just, um, the newness, like doing something completely new. Sure. So writing, saying yes to write something that was longer form. I was supposed to do 40,000 words and I was never done anything like that. And I, I say that as an encouragement to say, um, I think we all have great capacity to try things and it may not be like the best thing. But like the, I, I think my self-doubt along the way was always a struggle. But I'm also really thankful that I said yes, and all, and just to be able to offer up something that was like, okay, you could sit and think about how all the books that are so um, that are on your shelf that are just like way up here, <laughs> you know. But you can say yes to whatever God's call is on your life, and give testimony and bear witness in whatever form and whatever place He offers. And so that for me was really like a struggle. The 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 tension through the whole thing was just self-doubt like you shouldn't be writing this you don't really know what you're talking about you know, the, yes that voice that we all have yes. you know and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was it was fun to talk with a team even that was editing and publishing that they, they were they were teasing me just basically saying this is the normal experience this is what everybody experiences and so we need each other in times when we're trying something new because it helps us to know that it's like oh we all feel this way (laughs) did you experience that thank you for sharing that with us i appreciate it i think that encourages a lot of us because whatever the lord is calling us to that is new feels scary it just does Mm -hmm. like it It does does. because we feel it's unfamiliar and we feel ill-equipped and part of what the lord does i believe this with all my heart he calls us to things that are beyond the capabilities of our own resources because he wants us to depend on him like it's an invitation to depend on him but then we go back and forth. I, I mean, I know I do. I depend on him and then I try mm-hmm. to do it myself. And it, there's that tension in that. But I'm wondering in your earlier years of songwriting and performing, did you experience that and then move through it? Like sort of that was, was that mm-hmm. a familiar feeling because of a different expression earlier? Yeah, I, um, that's certainly true. And I would say especially around, so songwriting felt kind of like a private, expressive you know, practice that I was doing from when I was, you know, a young teenager. But then when I would play songs out in, you know, in a room full of people, that is the part where I was really intimidated. That was the more of the stretching struggle for me because I was shy and I didn't really want to be up front. I didn't want to be on the microphone. So um, the Lord really used that, I think, to to make – 
uh, yeah, just what he's doing in an ongoing way. That's he's used that and continues to use that. Where it's like, oh, I don't know, I, I feel insecure about this, or I have I have things that I am not sure I'm going to be able to do this. But like you're saying, to be able to know that we have limitations and to know that he's inviting us to go past those because we can trust him to to provide for us and ultimately that like you know we can we can even trust him with like our performance because yes. whatever that is is like he's going to take care of us yes, <laughs> you know? yes. so this is yeah. like a, a different paradigm and it actually encourages us to, to step out and to do things that we would otherwise be too afraid to do I agree. I, I agree so much. I feel like one of the things the Lord tells me continually is I didn't call you out here to forget you. Like that's not, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, that is one of my promises. I'm never <laughs> going to forget you. I'm never going to leave you. And, but and yet I approach things as if it's just me that has to take care of them. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's still trying to teach, uh, solidify that in my mind. But uh, I guess yeah. that's, it's tough though, because we do want to depend on ourselves. So yeah. I wonder, so I know Psalm 43 and Psalm 43, three is really special to you, but I'm curious, did you have another, uh, like in these times of maybe some self doubt or this new experience, is there any other passage or verse or story in the Bible that kind of was just a a helpful thing for you as you moved through the steps of this project even? Hmm. Um, Psalm 139 comes up a lot and it's been one that I have loved for a long time. And I think it's, it's like the friendship psalm, you know, it really is this one where you just realize, man, we're known and we're loved. And then by the end of the psalm, it's like, I want to be known and loved even more. So it's like a confessional end, you know, to the psalm, which I yeah. think is an unusual form in, in, in compared to other psalms. But I really love it. It just it feels like you can you can hear the close friendship between the psalmist and God himself and I think we're invited into that to participate into that and borrow those words for ourselves so I love that one I also love the story of Samuel and um, Hannah and Hannah's prayer and then asking the Lord and then the story of Samuel when he's a little boy and he's just he's just moved into the temple and he hears the Lord's voice three times in the middle of the night and he doesn't know who's calling him and you know Eli comes in and or Eli tells him, uh, finally, after the third time, you know, listen, it's the Lord calling you. And just that, I think that is uh, the patience that's demonstrated in that dialogue. Um, even the drama and the moment in the in the historic family of God where it says, like, the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out. Like, this was a dark time. Same as when Jesus came on the scene when he was born as a baby. These are, like, pretty dark times in history. And even now when we think, man, the world feels pretty uncertain, um, we realize that, like, the Lord is still speaking. He is still moving. He is still calling us. And that's, I think that's been um, a thread and a theme for me that I've been really thankful to hear. I love that. I One of the things I thought about when you were just retelling that story, it gave me chills just to hear in your voice and the way that you hear that story. I love that. And one of the things that I thought about was how I think a lot of times God, he knows we're not going to hear his voice the first time. He knows we're not going to get it the first time, <laughs> right? So like he great. completely yeah. expects us to need him to repeat it several times. And that's, I think that's good. <laughs> almost, that. yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't even Cause, know where that's coming from the first yeah, time. Right. right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're typically like looking somewhere completely different. Right. At first. Yeah. It must be Eli because it can't, mm-hmm. I don't even have anything to compare it with, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I don't even want to entertain that it could be what I think it might be. (laughs) 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Well, hey, before I let you go, this has been fantastic. I'm so excited about your book, your project, you, your ministry, your music. I ask this of all my guests before I let them go, because I love to share resources. Would you give us just a peek into your life right now? What maybe are you reading Mm -hmm. or studying, listening to, watching, anything goes that is keeping you uplifted, encouraged, connected to God? Hmm. Um, I have been, um, I've been reading a handful of books. There's one called Hearing God by Dallas Willard that I had picked up a few years before and kind of came back to it. And it's, it actually has a lot of these themes. You'll probably hear some of that if you, if you dive in. Some of the things I'm talking about are just probably right on the surface because of that. Um, what other things? Uh, and I picked up an, an, a novel called Jewel uh, by Brett Lott, and that is one that had been, he's like uh, someone that had been in extended circles of friends, and I just love it. It's like a southern novel, and it's something that um, is kind of a good counterweight to just uh, to the other more devotional study I've been doing. So, And then I've been working on an album of cover songs, and that's been really fun. So songs that are written by um, folk artists and Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen, a lot of people that I've just listened to over the years. There's one we've already put out by, a, it's a U2 song, and that's also been just like a breath of fresh air after this, this year of just recording some songs that are um, borrowed words. So, I love that, borrowed words, yeah, because some, it's, I, music and the Lord's word in music. And it doesn't even have to be Christian music to be the Lord's right. mu- mu- word in yeah. music for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some, some of my favorite songs that I hear the, the, the Lord speak to me so strongly mm-hmm. in are not songs that would be played on Christian radio necessarily, but sometimes that the, those words set to music can speak to break through into mm-hmm. my heart in a way that nothing else can. And so I'm yeah. so grateful for you and others who continue to use your gifts uh, to bless us and to keep pointing us back to Jesus and help Jesus speak to us in in ways that we can hear. Thank you so much, Angie. It's been, yeah, it's been really good to, um, I think connecting the dots between all those things and realizing like all of life, like our work and our family and our relationships are all um, just like an extension of God's presence with us. Like he's, he's speaking to us in all of it. So um, I appreciate that about our conversation today and just um, that kind of stays with me. Yay. Yay. Well, it has been a delight. And Sandra's new book is Send Out Your Light. And her book and her music and where you can follow her on social media and all that can be found at, through her website, sandramccracken.com. And I will link all the specifics for all of that and her music and everything in today's show notes. And Sandra, we just can't thank you enough again for spending some time with us today. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Angie. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Peace. All right. Cheers. I loved the way Sandra described our days, that we can experience all the seasons in a 24-hour period. And I am grateful that in all the ups and downs that are our days, our weeks, our years, our lifetime, that the light and truth of God never grows dim. Psalm 43.3, again from the Passion Translation, pour into me the brightness of your daybreak. Pour into me your rays of revolution truth. Let them comfort and gently lead me onto the shining path. Next week, I will be welcoming writer and podcaster Amy Debrick, who will talk to us about overcoming fear and anxiety and allowing courage to have the final say. If you'd like to support the ministry of Steady On, there are three things you can do, and all of them are free. 
First, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps a ton. Second, you can rate and review this podcast because that helps other people find us. And lastly, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter by visiting my website, livesteadyon.com and clicking the orange newsletter button at the top. The link for that is also in today's show notes. I always welcome comments and feedback, so please feel free to reach out to me anytime by emailing steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.